Archway Spellcast with Sorceress Chisholm. Okay, let's just do this. Hi, all. It is the Witchway Spellcast, the first one for 2024. Woohoo! Um, hi, how's it going? It's me, Sorcia Chisholm, in the hot seat. Um, literally, I am sitting under my Japanese warming table, which is called a kotatsu. It is a wondrous invention here in the cold, cold, cold lands of Japan right now. It's really cold right now, um, which is ironic because it's supposed to be spring now. We had our first snow the other day. It was Tuesday. Now we got a nice little dumping of snow. Usually we get one or two dumpings here in Tokyo land. That was lovely, but it's cold. And as an Australian who isn't really that used to snow, yeah. I just wanted to be all nice and snuggled up. So I'm under the kotatsu, which is like an electric um, heated table. And so you've got this, you sit on the floor on the tatami mat, typically on a zabuton, which is like a Japanese pillow, flat, square-like Japanese pillow. And you turn on the kotatsu and um, there's a blanket that you put over your legs. So you put your legs under the table and then cover. It's like a blanket under a, under a tabletop. It's quite bizarre, but it's actually a wondrous invention. And I'm really appreciating it right now because it's cold. And um, yeah, just kind of like settling into this new kind of idea of, okay, so we've still got the spell cast going. The big fat Leo full moon sailed overhead two weeks ago and I was umming an R and going, oh, do I want to do a spell cast? And it just kind of, I just let it work its magic on me. And I was doing a lot of preparation for my fringe show that I'm doing in March in Adelaide, which is really exciting and terrifying all at the same time. And so I was working on that and I thought, all right, just do that. Just, just do that. And I thought, well, you know what? It's the Lunar New Year, this weekend. Um, it is the year of the wood dragon. Sounds amazing, doesn't it, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, a lot of countries in Asia are celebrating the New Year's holiday, which falls on the Aquarian new moon every year. So we're saying bye-bye bunny. Rabbit is lolloping off. And we'll see the rabbit again in another 12 years. Um, and so we've got the wood dragon to hang out with for this year, which seems very appropriate. Um, it feels pretty fierce and it feels like it's um, got some lessons it wants us to learn. And, you know, here be dragons. It's, it's kind of a little bit scary as well. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking it could be the year of the luck dragon. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the never-ending story. I'm from that era. How to train your wood dragon. <laughs> so how would you train, how would you train your wood dragon um, to take you through this year? So I'm going to tell you about the astrology for this new moon 
which is happening on the 9th or 10th of February 2024, depending on where you are on the planet. And also, I'm going to be chatting with Divya Marie Kato, who is a Tokyo-based artist. She's a painter of dragons, and she's also an art teacher. So we're going to be talking about how to get in touch with that dragon within through painting. And also there'll be some original music later, and I'm going to be drawing from the Goddess Guidance Oracle pack this month, the Doreen Virtue uh, pack. So there's something new. We're going to spice it up a little bit. All right, so um, let's get into the astro. Okay, so if you have tuned into any of my previous astrology reports and heard what I've had to say about Aquarius, you'll know that it is an air sign and its motto is I know. Aquarius makes it its business to know things. It's very much akin to mental powers um, and it is a fixed air sign so Aquarius generally thinks it knows all and can sometimes be rigid in its way of thinking and knowing however it is also about the future and this being the lunar new year it really is the beginning of the spring here in the north, in the northern hemisphere at, at any rate. And it really does feel like a clean sweep. There is a certain blank canvas to this. I've always associated Aquarius with the stars. It's the element of starlight and space, deep space. It's expansive. It is the galaxy. It is whatever is out there that we don't know about that is sending us downloads, potentially, from other modes of being, other dimensions, potentially, as well. The stars, the stars captivate our attention, right? And our imagination. So it makes sense that we are looking to the stars and we are looking to the future with Aquarius. So the sun is in Aquarius, the moon is in Aquarius, and also Pluto. Pluto has just moved into Aquarius, being in Capricorn for the last 20-odd years. Um, Pluto will do a return to Capricorn in September, October, for a brief stint, and then it's full-on into Aquarius for the next 20 years. So we are going to see some major transformations in how we interact with uh, technology, um, artificial intelligence, uh, interdimensional realities. So I reckon we probably will expand our consciousness into the stars a lot more over this next generation. And uh, yeah, I really think it's important for us Although we've got our heads up there in the stars, we need to keep our feet here on planet Earth. So gravity might feel a little bit heavy at this time. The new moon is typically um, a time of ebb as opposed to flow, which is the full moon. So if you're feeling especially tired, honor that and rest your mind. Take the time to do meditation, to do mind-body relaxation, 
breathing exercises, taking time to relax your mind. Also, this Aquarius new moon is conjunct the asteroid Circe. And Circe is a figure from Greek mythology. She was the son of Helios, the sun god, and she was exiled for her headstrong nature. And um, it, uh, it was okay because she was on an island and she was taken care of. She had a beautiful palace and she had, um, she had attendants and she communed with wolves and owls and she had an apothecary and she basically was one of the first witches and was able to harness magic through herbal remedies. And this was outrageous to the titans. She was one of the, she was, she was a titan, right? Um, and uh, at that time, the titans and the Greek gods were two different camps entirely. And so Circe, she went to live on Earth and she encountered the explorer and uh, great soldier Odysseus, who some of you may know from the epic poem, The Odyssey. He and his men uh, came across her island and stayed with her for quite some time until they became rather uncouth house guests and she turned them all into pigs. But uh, yes, if you would like to go and read that story, um, it's a, it's quite a romp. <laughs> I'm sure you'll have a good time. So Circe, in this case, represents the exiled one. She's kind of in a similar camp to Lilith, who um, was also exiled from the Garden of Eden. So this is about marching to the beat of your own drum. If you feel like you are going off on your own, if you're blazing your own trail, if you're feeling a little bit scared about taking the next step because no one's done it before or, hey, is this going to work? No one's tested this theory before. You are on the right track. So be brave, be bold, and mighty forces will come to your aid. As it so happens, the ruler of this new moon is the Greek god Uranus. And Uranus right now is forming a square to this new moon in Aquarius. Uranus is in Taurus right now, and Taurus is ruled by the earth, the element of earth, fixed earth, the manifest reality. And Uranus has been sailing through Taurus for quite a few years now, at least seven years, thereabouts. And he is shaking it up. Our perceptions of material world, our perceptions of money, of our physical selves, um, our home, um, stability. Stability is something that a lot of us take for granted, security. And Uranus is typically known as the magician and the alchemist. And so the fact that we're in this Aquarius liminal space right now, Uranus has, is having a field day. He's loving it. He's like, okay, I'm going to throw this into the mix. Let's see how you can cope with this situation. Um, and it is showing us what we're made of, in my opinion. Um, and perhaps old stuff is being washed away 
old grudges are being um, just poof, gone. It's like there's a whole new world starting to emerge. And it's probably a good thing. Um, there's a bunch of planets in Capricorn, and Capricorn is the industrious sign of the zodiac, the old sea goat. So we've got Mars, we've got Venus, and we've got Mercury in Capricorn. So there's a lot of practical help at play here. And these are like Mars, Mercury, Venus. These are our, let's just say our siblings, our closest um, interpersonal planets, whereas the outer planets from Jupiter outwards are more the transpersonal planets. And so those planets are more about what's happening um, on the world stage or like the eon at, at the time. So with Mars, Mercury, Venus, they're saying, hey, this is important to upgrade your life. Take those necessary steps to improve yourself um, in terms of your actions, your your relationships, and your communications. Um, strive for uh, clarity and for practicality, and don't beat around the bush with things. Capricorn is not really one for beating around the bush. Capricorn likes to get things done in a timely manner, being ruled by Saturn. Saturn is the lord of time. And so they are saying, okay, it's time to pull your head out of the ground and knuckle down and get those ducks in a row. Um, so here it's really important also to remember that some things just occur without our needing to do anything. As we see here in the Northern Hemisphere, spring is starting to spring and it's like we don't have to do anything to bring that about. It's just happening naturally. The clouds are scudding across the sky. Our hearts are beating in our chests. Flowers are starting to peek out of the ground and we don't have to do anything about that there's such a there's a greater underlying power there and it's good to remember that and to resonate as much as we can with that force and so on that note that's my message for you all on this lunar new year of the wood dragon new moon in aquarius So this month I'm going to draw a card from the Doreen Virtue Goddess Guidance pack. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful pack of cards. I love this one. So which goddess will help us throughout this month? Let's have a look. Okay, pull in a card. Lakshmi, bright future. Aw, that's great. Lakshmi is saying, stop worrying, everything is going to be fine. How about that? Talking about the future, the future, future, future. Lakshmi is an Indian goddess. Um, oh, she's so beautiful. I'll definitely post a photo of this 
and chuck it up on the um, Instagram Flying Saucer. Check it out. I'll describe the card for you as well. Um, so Lakshmi is standing in the foreground. She's smiling. She's wearing a golden sari, golden green, and she's got a beautiful pink uh, lay of flowers around her. She's wearing a crown, and in the background is um, a body of water, and there are pink lotuses in the water. It's calm water. There is a sunset behind her. It could be a sunrise. And there are two elephants on either side of Lakshmi, and they both have their trunks held high, and it looks as though that they are um, carrying vessels of water in their trunks and pouring out the water. So that's very appropriate for Aquarius being the water bearer. And so these elephants are representing good fortune and Lakshmi is there and she's, it's radiating this really lovely energy. So let me tell you a little bit about what Lakshmi is saying to us. Okay, message from Lakshmi. This is a kind universe and everyone within it is working in your favor. There are no tests, blocks or obstacles in your way except your own projections of fear into your future. Take a moment and hush your mind. Quieting it from worries and fears. Feel me brush your brow with a new energy of faith, hope and optimism. These energies fuel your exciting present time as well as all future moments. Why would you wish darkness upon yourself when light shines all around you? Step into this brightness by lightening your thoughts and feelings. You must stop worrying as this anxiety squelches the goodness that seeks to find you. Clear your heart of fear and replace those energies with ones that will serve you and your family instead. Refuse to think of anything except your bright today and tomorrow. And I promise you that it shall be so. Aww, that's so lovely. So various meanings of this card. You and your loved ones will be protected and provided for. Let go of any bag lady fears about your future. Hold positive thoughts and intentions. Know that you'll always have your needs met now and in the future. Don't worry about money, but instead visualize abundance. And a little bit more background about Lakshmi. She is a benevolent Hindu goddess who brings abundance to those who call upon her. Her connection to lotus flowers, elephants and water represents her absolute faith in the fertility and abundance available to everyone. She's happy to bring supply to you, whether that means money, time, knowledge, or opportunity. Lakshmi works with Ganesh, the elephant-headed deity, who's known as the overcomer of obstacles. Together, they're an unstoppable team that works to help you release fear and accept abundance. Wow, how about that? That's a very auspicious start to the Lunar New Year. Wow, hail Lakshmi, blessed be. Okay, dear listeners, it is now time for the interview section of the Which Way Spellcast. And this month I have my very dear friend, Miss Divya Marie Cato, on the phone. Hi, Divya, how are you? 
Hello, I am very, very well. Someone, someone called me um, Kato the other day, uh, which was nice. Thank you, thank you. Yes, no, I'm <laughs> delighted to be here. And a happy Lunar New Year of the Wood Dragon. Happy, happy. My goodness, I can't believe it's been 10 years already. But yes, happy Dragon Year to you too. Happy Dragons. So a little bit of background for our listeners. Divya and I met quite some time ago here in Tokyo and uh, we bonded over dragons of all things. She's an incredible artist and painter and um, we worked together on a project about 10 years ago where I was releasing some music and Divya was doing a um, an action video of her painting this epic dragon. It was a massive portrait. It was how big was it? Exactly. Yes, that was. I remember. Imagine that one, the chrysalis. Oh, it was great. Right. The chrysalis. Um, it song. was about. I think it's about four meters by. It was about a four meter piece, wasn't it? I was mm-hmm. up in a loft somewhere. Mm. So we put the music to the to the process. This dragon emerged from Divya's imagination onto this massive canvas, and so the music is in the background as she's drawing this gorgeous painting of a dragon. And uh, then later on, we ended up having a concert to release the song and to show the video to our friends and family here in Tokyo. And we joined forces with some other friends, Sarah Furuya, who uh, we spoke to last time on the Which Way Spellcast, along with um, Kelly and our friend April as well. And we sang together and it was just gorgeous, the Dragon Rising event. That was like, yeah, (sighs) 20... 12, I think it was. 2012, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we've had quite the amazing journey together. And Divya is now working as an art teacher. Is that right? I am. I am. I still have my drawing school, mm-hmm. um, my small drawing school. And um, yes, I'm now teaching art at an international school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started that last year. Wow, fantastic. So yeah. tell us, what are you working on right now? Oh, goodness me. Well, um, I am working on being or shifting into it. This this, you know, I'm a mummy now. Um, I'm a mama. I'm a working mama. I've got two little ones who are three and one. They're one of I mean, they're undeniably my biggest project, (laughs) arguably my my, my best creations to date. (laughs) Um, And um, so I'm 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 working on that. I'm working on you know what this is. You know, being a mother, um, I'm working on. Well, I'm drawing. I'm just always drawing. I, you know, I haven't stopped drawing. I'm still. Sometimes these big ideas come. Sometimes I just let them sit. Um, but this year, because it is year of the dragon, and you know, and we're just surrounded by dragons at home. And I'm thinking about, you know, coming to bring us together in, in a in a party. Um, I was talking to um, April about the possibility of, um, you know, having an anniversary party of Dragon Rising or something like That's that. That's right. Because uh, at the Dragon Rising event that we did in 2012, April was the canvas. She was. Her she back. Was. So, she was so... <laughs> amazing what? she was I mean it was amazing it was yeah. really really amazing and um not an easy time either mm-hmm. you know not an mm. easy time um 
but it was just wonderful. So these are the things I'm working on. I'm still, mm-hmm. I really love my, I'm not in a rush for anything. I'm, I'm, I know that this period of my, my life, you know, a lot of my time and energy is, is devoted to my, my two children. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are still very small bubbers. Mm. So, um, you know, I'm focusing basically on, um, <laughs> the wheels are falling off. I'm focusing on, <laughs> you know, um, being a working mum. And yeah. I know that I don't have as much space and time as I used to, but a lot of my passion projects, they're there. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. the drawing school is the other big thing. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've, you know, I'm so passionate about sharing drawing with other people. Yeah. So I still have students coming in. So in terms of what I'm working on, keeping up the drawing for myself, sharing it with other people, being a working mama, and um, yes, and, and looking at those dragons again this year. Great. So back in the day, the drawing school that you were running on your own was called Bite the Rainbow, but now it's called something else. Is that right? The yeah, so we I I just it's basically my my name, um, and it's um, because it's essentially me. It's me. It's my approach to to sharing drawing with with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, the drawing program I I created is When in Doubt Draw. That's um, that's right. When in doubt, draw. That's it. When in doubt, draw. I love that. That's a great philosophy. <laughs> Good, isn't it? I mean, when in doubt, a lot of things, you know, when in doubt, have a cup of tea, when in mm-hmm. doubt, draw. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's. I mean, to me, and somehow, um, maybe through the website and through the, the people who do come to learn how to draw uh, with me, they're always the right people. I just mm. meet so many beautiful people. Um, some people are living here in Tokyo. Some people are passing through or visiting. Um, but the youngest student is five, older student is 77. Wow. Um, they're all learning how to draw for different and wonderful reasons. And, um, you know, if I was to put it, you know, our wonderful friend, um, Annie. Yep. Um, I mean, her approach to music is basically exactly, I mean, almost everything she says, it resonates so deeply with how I feel about drawing, you know, yeah. not making elitist making it a community practice mm-hmm. um making it accessible um great yes yes so we're in atelier kato tokyo um it's in um shibuya mm-hmm. in yogi yep um yes and that's so it's our home um stroke drawing studio great stroke, how um, many students okay. can you accommodate in one class at one time um so those are w- workshops i will um i can teach um oh gosh what was the biggest workshop well the biggest one was probably the big draw mm-hmm. so we launched the big draw which is the world's biggest drawing festival and we launched that in japan back in 2017 was it 2017 mm-hmm. um 2000 yes i think so 2017 2018 um and we won an award for it which is really wow. exciting Congratulations. Um, we were connecting basically sort of UK and, and Japan. So we sent them materials like Japanese drawing materials to the UK and they sent us charcoal from woods in the in the UK um, to us. Ooh. So we were drawing with this. It was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Magical um, so wood dragons. Pro- Magical wood dragons. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, uh, we took them, you know, at that time we could all get together, you know, and COVID. Yeah, before COVID. Changed a lot of that. Sure. Mm. 
Yeah, so uh, you originally are from London and um, when you were over there, was that where your passion for art um, came from? Like as a child, were you doodling and did you go to art school? What was your background? Yeah, so I think like everybody, um, you know, when I, I got given crayons or um, I, I can't remember exactly, you know, how small I was. But the thing is, I, I think I never put them away. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I just never stopped. Um, and actually that the I think the turning point came. I think I've told you this, haven't I? The turning point came when I was about eight or nine and my parents separated and it sort of set up a whole um, chain reaction of events where Mm. we went a really really comfortable life to um bankruptcy our house was repossessed um we were you know pulled it was quite it was just a a seismic shift in our um family and in our lives and it that that was the point when I remember drawing became um more Mm. than it had been before um it basically got it was my ticket um to getting an art scholarship um that was the point when I realized oh okay this is actually moving me moving me mm-hmm. forward um and um yes and I think after that and I was blessed with the most amazing teacher the most just the best art teacher um who set the bar so high yeah um and um so I went on to study art at university similar to Annie I did get a little bit disillusioned I met some fantastic people there that's that's where I learned to play um yeah few chords on the guitar there (laughs) um not like you but you know I it was it was I met some lovely people the experience was amazing but I did also um experience my first sort of disillusionment with the art world or um and um yes and then Japan goodness me so yeah, and I suppose at that time in my life, I did. If I'm honest, I wanted just to start fresh. I wanted yeah. to, um, yeah. So again, just drawing took me yeah to, to Japan. Yeah. Have you received any training here in Japan? Because the talking about the dragons that you do mm. are typically very Japanese in their aesthetic and their design as opposed to like the European kind of dragons you know did you receive any kind of training or have you been on any um, pilgrimages to like the temples or shrines or like galleries have you been inspired in in some kind of way yes the the second year I was here I think I went to Nico in Tochigi and um of course that's dragon lands there are dragon yeah, yeah. waterfalls and there are dragons and of course you can see them on sh- in 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 shrines um these beautifully wooden carved um dragons and a phoenix usually as well um but when i went to nika that's when and i was taking my sketchbook around and i was sketching these and of course they are very very different from european dragons and i was studying wood carving up there as well um and my wood carving teacher, he noticed that, you know, because you have to sort of go through these steps as you're as you're learning the carving. And he <laughs> noticed um, a significant drop in enthusiasm, you might say, um, when we were just doing flowers. And, ah. I was like, and then when everyone left the studio one day, he said, oh, you're not really. Mm, what, what, what do you what are you you know really interested in? 
And so I showed him my sketchbook and I said, I'm really noticing these these dragons around and mm-hmm. I love um the energy of them. I love the 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 feel of them. And that was the day when he actually went into his um atelier, which was attached to the wood carving school. And he brought out this beautiful piece of wood with this um, material laid on top of it. And he said, oh, I'm not all that interested in carving flowers either. And he took <laughs> off this material to, re- to reveal this um, beautifully carved um, Formula One racing car. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. <laughs> and I found it just this amazing thing that this master wood carver um, uh, was, you know, th- this was his this was his private passion. The secret so, um, passion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So it was in Nico, and I and I also understood that they are they're coming from water. So a lot of the Japanese dragons, the form is not quite as set as even the Chinese dragon. It's um uh they're very fluid looking, aren't they? Mm, they mm. are very fluid and very apart from the ones that are carved in shrines, they are um very original each mm-hmm. one of these master painters like there's one for example who stood under waterfalls and felt the energy before he paints them or there's another one who actually saw one um coming down in uh a typh- in a typhoon in a rain oh. cloud in a typhoon and he ran home and he painted his <sighs> his vision so wow. it's almost as if these these master painters saw um these dragons in nature and that's what I tried to to follow I follow um so whenever I got a commission we would basically go um dragon hunting is the best way to put it and uh, we would go here be dragons (laughs) yeah here be dragons um you know and just see where we could find the dragons be it in in rivers or waterfalls or frozen ice or um the face of a mountain wood Great, yeah. Whenever yeah. I see a lightning storm here, because a lot of the the typhoons they have these lightning storms where the the crackles of lightning go um, horizontally oh, across yes. the sky, and I always think of dragons when I see that kind of lightning. It's it's quite stunning. Yeah, so it's amazing. We had a big storm the other day. We did. It was a snowstorm. Snow and dragon. Thunder lightning, very very frightening. <laughs> That's yes. right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, my kids are just sort of, you know, yeah, I think, yeah, the energy, you're right, the energy of a storm and that they can bring, they bring luck and they're, um, you know, yeah, they're they're full of hope Mm -hmm. and um, because they're all about imagination. And I love that part about the Japanese painters not copying a form, a set form, but finding their dragon in formations in nature um very personal very yes yes mm-hmm. um and you have you have to find it yourself you have to sort of go out there and you know keep yeah. your eyes peeled the yes. dragons are there if you're prepared to look for them yes yes dragon hunting i like that that's great the witch way spellcast with you are listening to the Witch Way Spellcast and my special guest this month on the Aquarius New Moon and the Lunar New Year of the Wood Dragon is Divya Marie Kato. And we have been talking about dragons and drawing and life 
And we're going to talk about magic now, Divya. And my question okay. for you is, what does magic mean to you? What does magic mean to me? I've always thought it's sort of, I love the word source. I love the word source. It's sort mm. of when things, you know, when you get back to the roots of things, you know, it's magical. You see things in a different way. You know, I, I think so, you know, there's that quote about leaving your front door and traveling the world and coming back and seeing it as if for the first time. Um, that's magical to me because that's, I suppose magic to me is um, when you're connected to the source or the roots, you have a different way of seeing things. You have a different way of viewing viewing the world, I think. Um, and the dragons, for example, again, the source, what, what is the source? So in Japan, it's the water. So you're connecting with that and you're going back. And as you draw the dragons, you're, um, you know, you have all of these dragon painters behind you, you know, all these mm. are standing, you know, all these. So again, source, you know, all of these people, when I, when my pencil hits, um the paper and i just think wow you know straight but i just go back to in the caves people deciding to you know obviously no art shops around going to great trouble to create pigments and things to draw on the cave walls or you know spit around their hands to yeah. make silhouette you know it's primal it's a primal um i think that magic is connecting to that source connecting to where we came from we are a part of not apart from um it's it's nature and when all those things come together i think it is it is magic it's like when you suddenly have those <gasps> moments or those it's 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 that connection you know what are you connecting to Such a beautiful, inspiring interview with Divya Marie Kato, wasn't it? That was makes you want to go out into the woods and go hunt for dragons. Capture them with your pen or your paints or your pencils, whatever your direction takes you. And on this day of the Lunar New Year, welcoming in the wood dragon... Um, I'd like to say thank you to Divya for that wonderful interview and thank you, dear listener, for tuning in again and I will be bringing you more spellcasts this year around the new moon. So do stay tuned for that. Um, if you would like to get in touch, you can find my Instagram, Flying Sorsha, which is F-L-Y-I-N-G-S-O-R-C-H-A. Get in touch and let me know what you're doing. What does magic mean to you? And perhaps we can set up an interview. Are you a creative in Tokyo or anywhere on the planet? It is a small world after all. So thank you so much. I'm going to leave you with um, an original song that I recorded for my Shells, Rocks and Bones EP that I put out in 2020. 
And this is a song called Mastery. And it is a song about, yeah, following the beat of your own drum and performing and bringing your art through, even if it kills you. So thank you so much and many blessings. Oh.